Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're so glad you've decided to join us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your heart and mind as our pastor, Chip Pendleton, brings us the Word of God. Well, good morning. It's great to see you this morning. Welcome to everybody that's watching online. Certainly glad that you're with us as well. Uh, We had some great music this morning. Thank you to David and Tim. Certainly appreciate you all so very, very much. Well, today is Ugly Christmas Sweater Day. Uh, I see some of you got the memo and wore your uh, ugly Christmas sweaters. Others of you wore normal, but you helped make it ugly. And so it all, it all works in there at, at some point uh, anyway. And, and so we appreciate uh, you doing that. Started this a couple years ago. I actually did a sermon series called Ugly Christmas Sweater. And then last year, everybody kept texting and saying, let's do it one Sunday again. Uh, I got those this week, and it's kind of a weird uh, Advent season with Christmas Eve being on a Sunday, so it kind of snuck up on us. So uh, if you missed the memo, you need to scroll more on social media, okay? Uh, And you would have picked it up. Uh, so uh, my only problem was all of my sweaters shrunk in the, in the closet over the years. So I don't know how that happens, uh, but we'll see if that doesn't happen next year. Uh, so we're going to be talking about joy today. One of the reasons, you know, the sweaters bring smiles, they bring joy. And so we're going to be talking about joy. And in our scripture passage in Isaiah 9, Isaiah is writing to a people who have a lot of problems, a lot of trouble, a lot of bad things going on. And yet he's telling them that there's going to come a Messiah that will bring them great joy. It's uh, seven sentences long. We're going to read them all together. It's Isaiah chapter 9, and let's look at that now. Nevertheless, there'll be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nations and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the days of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rode in blood will be destined for burning and will be fuel for the fire. For unto us a child is born. To us a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. And the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Let's have a prayer. Father, thank you for your word. As we look into it now, open our hearts and minds. Help us to see its truths. But Father, our prayer is that after seeing them, you'll help us to begin to live them out. And in Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. Well, today is the Sunday of joy. We're going to be talking about joy. But joy is different than happiness. And let's get the difference before we go any further. Happiness is a temporary emotion. Happiness is something that comes from your context. 
Something took place, it caused you to have the emotion of happiness. That comes and goes. It can come and go all within a minute or two of one another. So happiness is a fleeting emotion that comes and goes. Joy is something much different. Joy is something much more permanent. Joy is something, a security, a harmony, a hope, a trust that you have in something that gives you that sense of peace and calmness and knowing that everything is good in the world because you have that hope and that joy. If you want to know what joy looks like, I'll show you, show you some pictures of what true joy looks like. This is what true joy looks like. That's true joy. Holding your grandbaby is true joy. Uh, here's another picture of what true joy looks like. Uh, uh, the first uh, fall festival there. Uh, another picture of joy. Five months old and already driving. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive. And then finally, uh, first Thanksgiving, that's joy. Now, think about this. When I see those pictures, when I see that young man, it's more than a fleeting emotion of happiness. It's joy. Can you, do you see the difference? It's something much more permanent, something much more powerful. And that's the kind of joy we're going to be looking at in our Scripture passage. And we're going to be talking about where does that joy come from how do we get it? So the first thing we see as we look into our scripture is this. God promises joy even in the midst of our darkness and gloom. In the midst of your problems, in the midst of your hurts, in the midst of your darkness and gloom, God promises joy. So let's look down to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1, and let's just kind of walk through these first five verses. He starts out in verse 1, and he says, "'Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress.'" In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. Now, that seems a little uh, weird when you gather. So what is he talking about? He's saying that there is an area of Israel, that northern area of Israel, uh, where Zebulun and Naphtali, two of the 12 tribes are. And these tribes have been in great distress and gloom. Now, what's he talking about here? What's he talking about is that, is that these are the areas that have been invaded the most and have taken the brunt of what is going on. Are our screens gone? Okay, there is a screen over here. So here's the map. There's actually a screen on both sides, but the picture's on the one over here. Okay, uh, if you look at the top, the blue and the purple, see those at the very top? That's Zebulun and Naphtali. The way Israel was usually invaded was that people came from that direction. The, the Syrians had just invaded from that direction. The Assyrians were invading. If you came from the Mesopotamian River Valley, like the Babylonians later, this is the area that took the brunt of the invasions of Israel. They were the first that got hit over and over again. So he says, in this area that has been humbled, in this area where there is great darkness and great gloom, he says there's going to come in the future great honor to that area. Now, this is that Galilee area. Uh, the, the light blue you see up there by Naphtali, that's the Sea of Galilee. This is that Galilean area. And he said, something's going to happen in Galilee that will bring great honor to this whole area. 
Now, what's he talking about? He's talking about the coming of a Messiah. The Messiah is going to come from this area of Galilee, this area that's been so hit hard by invasion, and he's going to bring the joy that we're talking about here. He goes on in verse 2 and he says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. So these people that are undergoing so much, having so many problems, there's going to be a great light that's going to shine in the midst of their darkness that's going to give them hope even in the midst of their problems. I remember back several months ago when we had the, uh, the tragic bank shooting here in Louisville and our church did uh, a, a prayer vigil uh, one night and uh, we had several people that, that were there and, and during the prayer vigil we lit candles. And uh, as the candles were, were being lit, uh, that darkness that invaded the room was giving way uh, to the light that was there. And I have a picture here of, the, of, the, uh, of that night as we were lighting the candles and the light was beginning to spread throughout the room. That in the midst of darkness, in the midst of hurt, there is still hope. Had the uh, pleasure last night of meeting the grandparents of Officer Witt who was shot uh, during that bank shooting and talking to them at a, at a Christmas party and they were just uh, talking about how so many things had gone in uh, to saving their grandson's life and how appreciative they were of everyone that had been praying for him and he's doing very, very well uh, at this particular time. But in the midst of darkness, there is still a light. It goes on in verse 3 and says, You've enlarged the nation and increased their joy. So an area where people were getting killed by invading armies, instead of being killed, that area is going to grow in population, uh, and there's going to be great joy. We're told they rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest. Now, we sometimes miss that today because we've kind of lost that agrarian society that we used to be. Uh, but the fall harvest was really important. People rejoiced during the fall harvest because the fall harvest meant you had enough food to eat during the winter so you were going to survive. That's kind of a big deal, right? And so, and so uh, there was great joy when the fall harvest came in. Now, the largest fall harvest still held today. Anybody know what it is? Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest. Got, got a picture of Oktoberfest uh, uh, right here for you. Now, as you see this, I guarantee you these people are not just celebrating drinking beer. They're celebrating that the grain harvest has come in. And uh, that, that's what they're, they're doing here. But Oktoberfest is uh, technically the celebration of the grain harvest uh, is what that is. And so even to this day, they still celebrate that. That's the kind of joy that we're talking about. He goes on and says, there will be rejoicing as when warriors divide the plunder. And again, we don't, we don't think much of, a, of an army uh, conquering another and then dividing the spoils of the area that they've conquered. Uh, but at the end of World War II, uh, take a look at this. These are all the people that came out in the street to celebrate the end of World War II. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Uh, that's rejoicing uh, because of battles have been won. So that's the kind of joy that's being talked about. In the midst of trouble, in the midst of problems, something is coming to cause you to rejoice. In verse 4, he says, For as in the days of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. And he's just talking here about Gideon defeating the Midianites, and there being great joy because the Midianites have oppressed them, and now joy 
has come. And then finally, this section ends in verse 5. Every warrior's boot used in battle, every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning and become fuel for the fire. And basically, it's just saying all of the warrior's instruments are going to be destroyed and there will be true peace and true joy. So what we have here at the start, five out of the seven verses we've already looked at, and what we see is this. For people who are hurting, for people who are in pain, for people who are anxious, there is coming one that's going to bring you a light and joy and peace. So I don't know where you are today, and I don't know what's burdening you, and I don't know what's causing the darkness in your life, but I do know this. The reason we celebrate Christmas isn't just because there was a little baby and now we have lights and decorations and presents. We celebrate it because in a world that was dark and without hope, God sent his son to be the light and the hope and the joy of the world in the midst of the darkness. Jesus came because there was darkness. He came to bring light into that darkness. And that brings us to the next thing that we see in our scripture well, where's this joy come from? Okay, we want this joy. We want this peace. Where does it come from? And the joy comes from the birth of the Messiah. The joy comes from the birth of the Messiah. Now, this is a, this seven uh, verse passage. The verse that we all know is verse six. So let's look down at verse six. Where's this joy come from? For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulders. So this joy, this hope, this peace in the midst of trouble and gloom and problems is coming from the birth of a child. It's coming from the Messiah that's going to show up. And this Messiah, as he grows and as he, as he begins to rule, he will have the government upon his shoulders. In other words, he will be royalty. Everything will be under him. He'll be in charge of everything. He is the one that is coming to make a difference. So the way the hope comes is through the birth of this child. That's what's going to bring joy in the midst of trouble. And then for the rest of verse 6, he goes on and he talks about four things the Messiah is going to be called. Four things they're going to call the Messiah, and each one has an adjective attached to it. And let's look at both of them now. The first is wonderful counselor. Wonderful counselor. So he's going to be a wonderful counselor. Now we think of counselor as somebody we go to when we have troubles and they're going to help us with our troubles. Uh, this is talking more about like a, a counselor to the king, someone that gives sage and wise advice. <laughs> So you look at your life now, and you can think of this in so many different ways. Where in your life right now are you confused? Where in your life right now do you not know what to do or where to go or, or how to act? And you can know that there is a wonderful counselor that is there, Jesus, the Son of God, to point you in the right direction. Where as a church do we need God's counsel and help and direction as we set our plans and as we look into the future? What is God's will and purpose? We have a wonderful counselor. As we look at the world that is around us and the chaos of the world and we wonder what's going to bring hope in this chaotic world, we know that there is one that knows more and has a plan for the world. He is a wonderful counselor. So in the pressure, the anxiety, and the confusion of life, you have one to turn to, and that is Jesus Christ, the one who came at Christmas, our wonderful counselor. The second thing we're told is that he's the mighty God. Now, in Isaiah's passage, this would have been the most shocking thing. 
Not only is this Messiah just a great prophet or, or one that's coming from God, this Messiah, we're told, is God himself. And there's no mistaking it because he's not only going to be called Wonderful Counselor, he's also going to be called the Mighty God. Okay, now there's not much waffle room in there. Uh, this Messiah that's coming is the Mighty God. So look at the world today. Look at your life and look at the problems. Do you have a God-sized problem in your life? Do you have areas of the world that you look at and there seems to be so much chaos, there seems to be no hope? Or know this, there is a mighty God that came on that Christmas morning and that mighty God has come to rule in this world. And there is hope because there is no problem in this world and no problem in your life that he is not mightier than. Even if your problem is beyond your control, it is not beyond his control. Even if your problem takes your life, it is not beyond him because he will raise you from the dead. He is your mighty God. The third thing we're told is that he is the everlasting or eternal father. The everlasting father. So he has been, he always will be. Uh, he is the one that has always been there. The word that is used here for father is not the Greek word pater that is usually used uh, when father is done. It's the word a body. It's, it's kind of that same word uh, uh, from Aramaic, that word Abba that Jesus often used. It's the word that you used for your male parent. So he is the eternal, the eternal dad uh, is the word that, that's being used here in the Hebrew uh, that's there. So he is your father forever. So do you feel unloved? Do you feel like you don't fit in? Do you feel like you don't belong? Then you need to know that you have an eternal father. You have a God that loves you, that has sent his son for you, and Jesus invites you to be a part of his family, a family that will never end. You have a father that is there that loves you and wants you to be with him and invites you into his family. He is your eternal, everlasting father. And finally, he's the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. When you're anxious, when you're overwhelmed, when you're stressed, know that Jesus came to give you peace. And not just the absence of conflict, but total harmony in your mind, your body, and your soul. He wants to calm you down, and he wants to comfort you. He wants to give peace to you, and he wants to bring peace to the world that is so out of control all around us. And he can do it because he's the prince of peace. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. So this coming Messiah is going to be all of these things. But how does he do it? How does he bring all of these things to pass? And that's the last thing we see in the last sentence. This promised child will bring joy and peace through justice and righteousness. Now, that's not what we generally think of this coming about, but it's going to become very important. He's going to bring it through justice and righteousness. Look down to verse 7. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. So this just starts out in verse 7. He says, okay, guess what? He's, his, his reign is eternal. This peace he's going to bring is never going to end. He's going to reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it. So he's going, to, he's going to be the eternal king that's going to rule for all time. And the kingdom that he's going to bring is going to be true peace, true security. 
But how do you get this peace and security? It's going to come through justice and righteousness from that time on and forevermore. Now, what we want in the world today is kind of the absence of conflict. And so what we do is something like this. Well, we need uh, mutually assured destruction. I'm afraid of you, you're afraid of me, so we don't attack each other. That's not what it's talking about here. It's not talking about mutually assured destruction. It's not talking about the fact uh, that, that we have put uh, walls up and locks on our doors and a gun in our closet so we feel like we're safe and secure. That's not being safe and secure. Uh, that's having uh, a response if something bad happens. Uh, it, it doesn't mean uh, that you go through a day and you stay in an area where none of the bad stuff are and you keep it somewhere in another part of town or something like that. It's not talking about that kind of peace and security. It's a peace and security that comes from justice and righteousness. Now, this is really important because what's it mean? It means that the way you're going to get the joy and peace is that when this Messiah comes, he is going to ruthlessly judge evil. He's going to come with justice. And the things in this world that are bad and wrong and evil, for those who have not repented, they will find the judgment and the justice of God. And when God ruthlessly eliminates evil and all of those perpetrating evil, then there will be total security and peace because he will bring what is right in its place. And that's where the joy and the peace comes from. Not that evil has been put at bay, but evil has been eliminated through the justice and the judgment of God. Now, again, that's not something we often think of as a Christmas message, but it's a true message. He is going to come as the one that is bringing true justice to a world that needs that justice, and through that justice will come true peace and true joy that we so need. I read a story uh, last year. I think I may have even used it as as a sermon illustration, but I saw it again this year it happened last Christmas there was a young flight attendant by the name of Pierce Vaughn and she had to work on Christmas Day and she you know it was the first time she was ever going to be away from her parents she was sad her family was sad uh, she said well there's nothing I can do I'm the lowest person on the totem pole I'm you know I've got to work on Christmas Day and not only do I have to work on Christmas Day it's not a short flight I've got to go from one coast to the other coast and I'm going to miss all of Christmas Day and, and you know nothing I can do about it so her dad decided that's not good enough I'm not going to not see my daughter all day on Christmas Day So dad found out that she was going to be working first class on every flight. So he bought a first class ticket on every flight that she was going to be on all day long. There's actually four different flights. This is a picture of Hal Vaughn and his daughter right there. Well, they became kind of celebrities. On all four flights, people quickly found out it was her dad. He was there because it was Christmas. Everybody was celebrating with him. People began to take pictures, put it on social media. It went viral. And when a newspaper reporter asked her about it afterwards, this is what she said. Just knowing my dad was there made it the best Christmas ever. Just knowing my dad was there made it the best Christmas ever. We live in a world of darkness and hate and violence and bigotry and injustice. 
But what you need to know at Christmas is that your father's there. That he hasn't gone anywhere. That he's there to love you and encourage you and strengthen you and pull you through the deepest darkness and to give you joy. Because Christmas isn't about presents and bright lights. It's about when the world had no hope. God sent a light into the darkness. And it's still our light in a dark world today. Merry Christmas. Let's have a prayer. Father, thank you for your word. Help us to draw encouragement from it. Because we have turmoil in our personal lives, turmoil in our world. And we need that peace and joy that comes from your son. Help us to seek it and find it this Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen. When we come to this time of invitation, and I guess the first thing I would say is for you to simply look at your life and ask a very simple question. Where's the darkness in my life right now? Where am I hurting? Where's the pain? Where's the anxiety? What's keeping you awake at night? And then to know this, You've got a wonderful counselor and a mighty God. You've got an everlasting father that loves you. And you've got the Prince of Peace. And he wants to come and give you a light in that darkness. And so just turn it over to him during this invitation time and say, God, you know, it's dark here and I need you. I need your light. And just turn to him. Maybe you're here today and you just need to come and and pray at this altar and pour it all out to him. You can come during this time and say, I want to join this church and be a a part of what this church is doing. We had a family do that in the first service. But the most important thing you could ever do is come down this aisle and say, you need Jesus Christ in your life. You see, everything we're talking about all comes from the fact that you've got Jesus, that you've you've accepted the fact that he loves you and that he died for you, and you come and you say, "I, I need that. I need to find a peace that comes through him. Because I'm telling you, The darkness is overwhelming if you don't have the light. So just come and say, I I need that. I need the hope and the peace. Turn your life over to him. But this is your time, so we stand together and we sing. We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, keyword MyWRBC. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening, and join us next week for another message from God's Word.